Hi, my name is Kim Wilkins, and I'm a graduate student at the School of Education at the University of Virginia. I'm studying curriculum and instruction with a focus on innovation and computer science education. This series of podcast episodes is all about bringing computer science education research into the K-8 classroom. All right, well, I am happy to be back uh, recording another episode, and today we have Aman Yadev. You are somebody that I actually met, I got to meet at uh, the AERA conference, and this is where I heard you presenting uh, what we're going to talk about today, but you're also somebody who I have already cited so many, I mean, I've looked at, been through so much of your research, you're very influential in my life as an EDD student uh, studying computer science education, so I'm excited for you to be here on so many fronts, so welcome. Thank you. I'm excited to talk to you about, about this work. To start with, could you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, so I'm a professor in the College of Education and College of Natural Science here at Michigan State University. In particular, in the College of Education, I'm in the Ed Psych and Ed Tech program. And in the College of Natural Science, I'm in the Computational Math, Science, and Engineering department. So I have a joint appointment across those two programs and departments. Wow, that must be really cool to be able to look at things from different angles within the university setting. Yeah, actually, this this just happened. It's it's officially starts July first, I believe. So, uh, but I'm like, I'm, I'm I'm it's happened. It's official now. I can publicly announce it. No, I'm I'm excited about the opportunity to collaborate with colleagues in the computational math and science engineering department because a lot of the work that they've been doing has focused primarily on the undergraduate level, like they have a data science course. And or data science major for students. And, you know, my, in my conversations, you know, we've been exploring how we can make uh, like justice-focused data science and justice-focused computing part of that work within undergraduate education, but also how do we bring that data science and computational work that's happening at the undergraduate level into K-12 classrooms. So I'm excited about the opportunities and be able to collaborate with colleagues in CMSC for short. That might be another conversation we have to have, but that is also something I'm trying to help facilitate at the University of Virginia. So that's really cool. So how and or why did you get involved with computer science education research? That's a great question. So I have my background is in electrical engineering. So I grew up in India. I did my bachelor's in India in electrical engineering and came to Michigan State University to do my master's in electrical engineering. And while I was doing my master's, I was employed in the College of Education. Uh, as a programmer, developing this tool that showcased pre-service teachers on how to use to use video cases to see exemplary uh, instruction and literacy. And so we were, I was just a programmer. I remember going to meetings, they would talk about like educational lingo. I'm like, I'm just a programmer. What do I care? Like, can I just come for half an hour to this meeting and not like a have programmer. to worry about the other part? But uh, Dr. David Pearson, who was the Hannah Distinguished Chair here at MSU and, and was the lead uh, of the project, really said, no, it'd be good for you to understand the broader perspectives. And over two years being funded on that project, I really became interested in how teachers use technology. And I decided to pursue my PhD in educational psychology and educational technology after I finished my master's. So I just you know, and College of Engineering is across the road as I'm pointing that you can't see that I can see from my window. And I just moved over here and started my PhD in, in ed psych and ed tech. 
And after I finished my PhD, I went to Purdue as an assistant professor. And there I started collaborating with my colleagues, Susanna Hambrush and Tim Korb in the CS department on how we can prepare pre-service teachers to think computationally. So it was like coming back full circle for me, you know, taking, you know, broader perspectives of how pre-service teachers and teachers think about technology to what does it mean to integrate computational thinking within teacher education courses at Purdue. So we developed a licensure program for pre-service teachers to get licensed to teach computer science while I was at Purdue. And, you know, it's been over 12 years now, uh, 13 years since we started that project. And uh, it's like, you know, my life has come full circle where I'm not programming much, but I'm working with teachers to think about how can computer science support their instructional goals, whether they teach elementary math or science, or they teach middle school, ELA, social studies, or arts, but also working with the high school level uh, and with computer science teachers on how they can better offer high quality instruction for uh, computer science at the high school level. Well, I'm, I'm passionate about all that stuff. And obviously, you, like you said, you've been doing research in these areas that have had a lot of influence. So I really appreciate that. This paper is a little bit different though, I yeah. would say. And uh, the paper we're going to talk about is Breaking the Code, Confronting Racism in Computer Science Through Community, Criticality, and Citizenship. So what was the impetus for this paper? So over the last couple of years, I've been exploring how technologies cause harm in our society, you know, from how algorithms are used to micro-target ads to people who are already marginalized in our society, to facial recognition technologies that's mis that misidentify people of color, you know, Dr. Rua Benjamin, in, in her book, The New Jim Code, calls it the new Jim Code because the racialized data uh, is embedded in those technologies. So I really started thinking about, you know, I've, that, that the role computer science plays in the design and deployment of those technologies. I've always been a techno-optimist that technology will solve all our problems. But as, as I started thinking more deeply about the design of those technologies and and how they're playing out in our society, I, I sort of moved more towards techno-pessimist, right? So my colleague, Michael Latchney and I, you know, are, are working on this book chapter for Handbook of Engineering Education, where, I, we, where we argue that this dichotomy of techno-optimist and techno-pessimist is maybe not, not where we want to live, but we want to be techno-realist, right? These mm -hmm. technologies exist. So how do we prepare computer science students to think critically about the technology and how these technologies have embedded injustices and the role computer science plays in how those technologies are designed and, and then deployed. And so with my colleague, Marie Heath, we started you know, discussing about how do we challenge what the goals of computer science education should be? Uh, and then what should be in those computer science classrooms? And then so this led to us writing this paper and where we argue that we should really teach computer science focused on community, bringing criticality in computer science, and also it should be citizenship oriented that prepares computer science students to be good citizens and not just good coders, as Sasha Costanza-Chalk talks about in her book, Design Justice, as well. Yeah, I just appreciated the paper so much. I reread it again this morning. I'm just like, I'm highlighting so much of it. So there's a lot there. Uh, obviously, we're not going to be able to do a deep, deep dive into it with this short period. But I am also a techno optimist slash realist. And, you know, technology is 
clearly powerful. Like it's having a huge impact on our lives, whether we realize how it's doing it or not. So we know that there's that power there, right? And so my thing has traditionally been, we need more diversity at the table. Like I founded Tech Girls because I actually came from industry. And then in the late 80s, when it was a height of women in computer science and we were still a minority and then, you know, to see it take a deep dive. And so for me, it's always been, we need the women there because they need to be part of this, making this powerful stuff. So, but yeah, there's the, you know, the racism and the oppression and things as well. So I've also struggled with how do I deal with that? Like I do want more diversity there, but are we sending them into a sort of a broken space? Yeah, no, you're, you're spot on, you know, in, in computer science education, we always think about, that if we just broaden access to computer science, so more black and brown students have opportunities to learn computer science, study computer science, these biases will be addressed, right? And I think, I think that's certainly, that's one of the goals we should pursue and continue to broaden access to computing. But we know that just having representation may not be enough when companies put profit ahead of people, right? I mean, just look at the case of Dr. Timnit Gabrus fighting from Google, right, when individuals, people of color, women of color challenge what's happening in those companies, companies just fire them, right? So representation is not enough. So we really need to bring these critical perspectives in computer science education to for all students. And it sounds like a lot of what you're suggesting is, it sounds very grassroots to me. So I feel like it's another step in the computer science education journey, right? We've had these national organizations now saying, yeah, hey, yeah, this is yeah. a problem. We need to address it. And here's our, here's our yeah. way of doing it, yeah, yeah. Uh, which is, like you said in the paper, a very top-down way. But at least it raised the problem, right? Yeah. yeah uh, but yeah. now, in order to actually fix the problem, we can't just take this top-down approach yeah, anymore, yeah, right? We've yeah, got to yeah. um, be more grassroots about it. So what are sort of your calls to action through this paper? What are you hoping that both researchers and educators take away from it? Yeah, I think, you know, this top-down approach has worked well, but I think this is the natural progression in, you know, how we should think about computer science education in in K-12, because that's where the majority of my focus has been, where we prepare teachers to center students' perspectives and connect with communities where students live, right? And for that to happen, we need to make sure that teachers are supported to go beyond the walls of their classrooms, right? Be in community spaces to partner with local community members and cultural experts and bring that to their computer science classroom. And, you know, this top-down approach, you know, to borrow again an idea from Sasha Costanza-Chuck, whose work on design justice has this, we shouldn't just parachute CS curriculum into communities, we should rather focus on how does CS content and instruction is aligned with students in school and out of school experiences, cultures, and those students' perspectives and communities. I think that's one thing we need to do, but we shouldn't just leave this to teachers to be able to do that. We need to make sure that teachers have resources, materials, where they feel like they have the agency and the knowledge to step outside of the curriculum that's provided to them. Right now, you know, in our work and and just talking to teachers, you know, one thing we often hear is like, oh, yes, I'd love to do culturally responsive, sustaining pedagogies, but my AP course, I can't. Maybe I'll do it after the AP exam's over, but not before that. 
Right, right. right. So even, even teachers, being because they're, they're bounded by these curriculum guideposts, you know, feel pressure that, or, or they feel like they don't have the agency to be able to be more culturally responsive and sustaining, right? That's why it's seen as an add-on rather integrated within their computer science curriculum and instruction, right? So I think that's one thing we need to, need to do. I think we need to challenge the notion that computer science is objective and neutral. And, <laughs> and prepare students to understand how technologies lead to further racialization and injustices uh, in our society. And even have them be ready to dismantle technologies that cause harm. Like not just think about, oh, how we can improve this technology so it causes less harm, but even question like, do we even need this technology? So I think that's, that's the second thing we need to do. And the third thing is like, we need the CS curriculum to include citizenship where students use computing as a tool to explore and address issues in their community. Right? There's, there's, there's a research that we cite in our paper where this research talks about how computer science majors of all the majors at the undergraduate level are least likely to believe that their work should focus on fostering justice in the world. Right. right? And that's but their work has some of the most impact on the world. <laughs> yeah. And right now, given given how digitized our society is, it is the most you know, impact that's happening on, in, in our world. So we need to prepare them to be able to challenge that, that those notions um, of what the goal of computer science should be, not just to sell more apps or more technology or more devices, but how can kids use that to explore and address those issues in their community. I mean, it almost sounds like one way through this is how do we get to the kids directly, right? Like, yeah, we got to figure out the education system related to computer science education because it's a mess. But in the meantime, computer science is a field that you don't have to go through a formal education to get. So is there a way that we can you know, have multiple pathways and one way is go directly to the kids. Yeah, I, th I think, you know, we need to make sure that, you know, kids have computer science experiences both in and out of school, right? But I think one thing we need, we, we need to do is be where kids are and they're in school and they're in community settings, right? So how do we bring computing in those spaces? So with my colleague, Michael Lashney, who's here in our <clears throat> Ed Psych and Ed Tech program, now, we had a project where we worked with the downtown boxing gym in Detroit to bring physical computing in that space where kids are in this boxing gym and like and connecting this physical computing to their interests in boxing. So we worked with boxing coaches to design computing learning experiences for those students. Right, wow, I'm, like who would have thought of that? <laughs> that space, yeah, right. One of my former master's students, Katie Solomon, is the director of academic affairs in, at, at the boxing gym, right? So she contacted us. We you know, went there, met with the coaches, and Michael and I and our grad student, Matt Drazen, and developed a learning experience for students, right? Just as like even you know, with Arduino and a force play sen sensor where it's on a boxing bag. So as, as students or, or coaches, you know, punch that bag on, on the sensor, it sort of measures how hard you're hitting that, you know, punching bag. I think it's called a punching bag. I'm not a boxer, but it was fun to be in that space and then learn from the coaches and how they were thinking about the role of computing within this space. 
So again, we didn't go with like, oh, here's what you should all do, but really work with the coaches to develop learning experiences in that space. So I think that, that that's one approach we can do, but also within schools too, you know, how do we connect that experience that students are having in boxing gym back into the classroom that they are also in, right? And teachers learning about that space and supporting teachers by giving them release time, giving them money, right? Let's pay teachers more to be in that space and then bring their expertise in that space. And, and, and within, I'm just giving Boxing Gym as an example, but it could be any community space that teachers are in and making sure that teachers have resources and get paid for the work that they do in those community spaces and have access to expertise too, right? That, that if they want to use, oh, I've never used physical computing devices, you know, how we can, who are the, what are the resources in the community that can help me use that? So I'm wondering for educators who are listening, whether they're elementary, middle, or high school, and I guess the, the older you, you know, the, the higher grades you get, the more constrained you are by curriculum, but are there, you know, first steps? Like, I feel like one of the things that I struggle with in computer science education is it's, it has to be done exactly right or right now, you know, and you can't, yeah. we can't do either of those. Like we yeah. have to do something. So yeah. what yeah. are some next steps that they can think about? Yeah. I, I think, you know, maybe even stepping one level above, like thinking about administrators, mm, like yes, school administrators as well. You know, oftentimes school administrators think about, oh, we're going to give access to computer science. Our teacher can go to this, you know, one week PD and then come back and teach computer science but that teacher is also teaching other subjects too. And they're the only computer science teacher in the classroom. Administrators need to think about that. You need to go beyond just access to computer science because that's the metric we all have been using, right? That's where the national organizations use, right? Oh, we are expanding access to computer science, but it's not quality access to computer science. So administrators need to think about that and go beyond access and make sure that teachers have the supports, knowledge, and resources they need to provide high quality computer science instruction to their students. And not just it's not just about having bodies in computer science classroom. It's about what kind of learning experiences are they getting. So I think that's the shift that needs to happen in, in how we're thinking about computer science within K through 12. So I think that's, that falls with the administrators and national organizations as well to be able to do that. So go beyond access. So I think that's where I think the initial focus needs to be rather than putting the burden on teachers who only have one week to learn to teach computer science. What about uh, schools of education? What could what could we be doing uh, at all yeah. or better? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> to prepare well, I that, teachers. Yeah. <laughs> I, you know, I, I think schools of education across the country are, are struggling to recruit enough undergraduate students into the teacher education programs, right? Just because of how in this country, we have demonized uh, the teaching profession. We don't value all the things teachers do in the classroom. And I think this pandemic has further increased those issues and problems uh, for educators and schools. And like, you know, I keep seeing these reports on, like even within the last decade, fewer and fewer incoming students to universities want to be teachers. And that's a direct result of how we talk about education and how we talk about teachers in this country. So I think one thing schools of education need to do is become advocate, public advocates within their own states 
for the importance of teachers in schools, public education in their states and in the country. Be vocal. The school leaders, faculty need to be vocal about that, right? And oftentimes, you know, we get buried in our own research and think about our own work, which is, which is, which is what we get paid to do. But also we need to start thinking about the systemic issues, right? In particular, relating to computer science education, right? We need to design as CS education researchers in schools of education, we need to design professional learning experiences for teachers that supports them to make those calls of action that's community-oriented criticality and citizenship-oriented computer science that I mentioned earlier that are in the paper become a reality. We need to do research on how teachers' own lived experiences also play a role in them implementing anti-racist and justice-oriented computer science education. We should all look at KPOR Center's Equitable CS Framework, which is an incredible resource for CS education researchers who are interested in bringing culturally responsive, sustaining CS education and challenge racism that exists in computing and make that a reality within K-12 classroom. So we'll look at that framework and let that inform our work. So it, it sounds like there's so many things that we need to be doing. Is there something that gives you hope, something that keeps you going? <laughs> like it can all be overwhelming sometimes. Yeah, I think, you know, there, there, there are many teachers who are already doing incredible work in their computer science classrooms. And oftentimes we focus on the negative side of things, right? Which is just, which is the nature of being a faculty. You, 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 you bring critical perspectives to all your work you do, right? Whether you're reading a paper or, you know, doing your own work. I'm hopeful that the larger community is starting, computer science education community is starting to rethink the role of computer science and how we can use computer science as a tool for civic engagement, right? So, you know, my student Sukanya Modgalia is doing her dissertation on working with three computer science teachers who are white on how computer science can be used as a tool for civic engagement. And it's been incredible to see how teachers are talking about that work in, in, in her three case studies, right? And so there's a lot of work to do, but computer science teachers are ready. They want to do that work. The question now is how do we change how we think about computer science education, how we dismantle existing ways of teaching computer science that prioritize technical competencies. In addition to technical competencies, we also educate students to think about ethical and moral perspectives and their role as future computer scientists, as however they're using computer science to address these systemic injustices that harm people who are already marginalized in our society. That sounds great. Well, I've linked the framework and then there's also a, I guess, a shorter version of your paper that's more publicly available that I've linked as well. Okay. So well, I really appreciate you taking the time to talk about this and I am looking forward to seeing how this movement, uh, grassroots movement sort of grows and continues on to embrace these um, facets of computer science education. Yeah, uh, thank you, Kim. And I want to give a shout out to, you know, Marie Heath, who I co-wrote the paper with, who's an, like, an incredible friend and a colleague, and also my friend Neeral Shah, who's been pushing my thinking around the role of computer science in, in, in K-12 classrooms. He's a faculty at the University of Washington, and we've collaborated on a, on a number of projects together. So... Great. All right. Awesome. Thank you, Kim. Thank you.